Hi, it's In the Margins with Matt Fisk, my wife Katie Fisk, and Josh Lund coming to hey. us uh, via his computer because we are uh, in quarantine and trying to respect everything that's going on and being obedient, you know, saving some lives and things like that. Josh, how you doing over there? Hashtag stay home, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Stay alive. Uh, well, amen. Even though we may be we may be bound up in our houses, but uh the word is not bound up. The word is uh-huh. not chained and come on. Yeah. So anyway, oh, um <laughs> she has to live with this all the time. Pray for Katie. It's- that was that was honestly painful. It's the real reason I didn't travel over there. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. Hard not to take that personally. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, to save me from myself, that's right. <laughs> we're gonna dive back into Mark, and uh, last time we were uh, we left off in Mark four, where uh, Jesus is doing all of his parable stuff. We got to some of the most uh, familiar passages the, from the most familiar text in the whole Bible, and uh, we found a lot of good stuff there. And then right here at the end, Jesus is gonna go back into action mode. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna be doing today. We're gonna be doing Mark four verse thirty five through forty one. That's that, right. Is that right? Got it. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's dive on in. Josh, you got us. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, like Matt said, we'll be in Mark chapter four. We'll start in verse thirty five and read to the end of the chapter. So, here we go. This is the NIV. It says that day. When evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, quiet. Be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Yeah, I think this passage is just really appropriate uh, for what our world is going through right now. Um, And so I'm, I'm grateful that it's coming up now. But I think... I know there's a lot deeper stuff with the text and the remezes that we're going to go over, but what really strikes me with this passage is the visuals, imagining what was going on here. And um, first of all, that they're going across to the other side, and and we'll talk more about this being like the land of the Gentiles, which I kind of think of as like the land of the dragons. Like it's kind of like scary and eerie, like going over there. And then this huge storm comes up. And I, I just don't understand how Jesus was sleeping in the boat when it was swamped with water. So he's being soaked and he's being tossed violently back and forth. And he's hearing his disciples screaming, but somehow he's still asleep. Like, I don't even, I I don't understand that. I think that's amazing. Um, But then just imagining him coming, kind of getting up from his slumber and being like, shut up. And then everything just stops and goes calm. Like, I did that this morning. How crazy would that be if I if there was like this crazy thunderstorm going on outside our house and then Matt just goes out there and be like, shut up. Everything just clears. <laughs> it's I just said that to really, my dog and it's not, not really fun. visually like <laughs> incredible to me. Um, so those are the things that stick out to me first. 
Yeah. So for those of you that like haven't been listening with us, our, our podcast that we normally do, um, we, we, we spend a lot of time digging into the text and digging into these stories because there's so much more than usually meet the eye. There's the, the high level where there's a story going on and Katie told it really well. This like, you know, it's a movie. It's a, it's a comic book of, it, it actually reminds me of, um, the scene in Harry Potter, uh, in the sixth movie, the half blood prince where Harry Potter and, uh, and Dumbledore have to like cross this river or cross this like lake and then there's like demons underneath, like in Fury, if you know the books. Um, it's this like crazy boat ride from, you know, from hell kind of deal. Yeah. And uh, and so that's that's one level. But the second level, which we're going to refer to as the Remezes or Remez, Remezine. Uh, so, so what they are, they're references to the Old Testament because the, uh, the Bible was written by Jewish people who were steeped in the Old Testament lore. And so... Uh, for them, some of this stuff is just so clear um, to them, but it aren't as clear to us as 21st century Americans who don't have their entire Old Testament memorized. And so uh, there, from from my study, in my opinion, I, I think there's a ton in here that's that's deeper than the story. Yeah. But um, yeah, so Josh, did you have anything you wanted to say before? Well, I- I think I think similar to Katie, there's just a lot of things that as I read the story with this mindset of really wanting to go in the margins and um, get past just the, you know, what I've heard as a kid or, or what I read when I just when I skim over this, um, you know, there, there's a few things that stick out to me. Um, so um, but we can get to those when, when we get to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited about these remez that you have. Right? Yeah. Remezim. Well, the very first one is the, is the, the clearest one. Okay. So we've got, and, and, and even the, the, if you've only been to Sunday school, even if you haven't, you, you should be able to pick this one out. Can you think of a story that has somebody on a boat, somebody sleeping on a cushion and a storm that comes up in the Bible in the old Testament anywhere? Can you think of one? Jonah. And the whale. I mean, it's, don't forget the whale. Well, or fish, giant fish, giant fish. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is clearly, Dinosaur. clearly Jonah. <laughs> Literally, if sure. if you go back to Jonah one, where it, it, within the first paragraph or two, it just says Jonah is running away from his mission to Nineveh and is sleeping in the 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 guts of the boat on a mm. cushion, and like that, it's the same story, <laughs> like straight wow. up. Wow. So that's awesome. All right, so why why is that important? Well, think about for just a second. There there's some things that we don't quite recognize geographically in the story, okay? So, where were where were they going? Where was Jesus in the boat? Where was where where were him and his disciples going? It's a great point. The other side, they were, I mean, they end up landing in a Gentile area. Yep. Right. Near the and Decapolis. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly where Jonah would have been going. Yeah, we don't pick up on the geography of that so much, but they're they're pretty much going from the Bible Belt to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going from uh, the Jewish people to the very not Jewish people, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. the so, dragons. So there's an interesting thing of you see the <laughs> you see the parallels already. All right, so if you think back to Jonah chapter one, God tells Noah or tells Jonah to go where. Nineveh. 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 And what kind of people are in Nineveh? Ninevites. Gentiles. Yeah, Ninevites, Gentiles. <laughs> and yeah, like super not Jewish people. But Jonah, does he want to go? 
Nah, he ran away. He runs away. He's like, I don't want to do this. Jesus, on the other hand, gets in the boat. And as he's on his way to the other side, what's what's his mindset? He's asleep. Well, he's asleep, but then... <laughs> I think you're missing the point, though. Oh, he's, he's excited. He's like he's he's the one that's saying, "Let us go." To the yeah, other yeah. Side. He's the one that's he's saying, calm too. He's calm. He's resolved, and he's mm-hmm. gonna go. And he his his mission is going to be to the Gentiles, and mm-hmm. and so whereas Jonah runs away, Jesus is showing, and it's another thing. He's, to, he's leading the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and 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 so it it's the the comparison there you start to think of like okay got it got it jesus is the one who is he's going to the other side and he is including people that would not that other jewish people in fact great prophets were running away from and i think that's the the first thing i get there and i'm like all right so jesus is resolutely going to the people that would have been excluded before that's amazing so I think that's yeah. a that's a really cool point. That's my, the first thing that I I start there, and I have to ask myself the question, you know, the the same thing where th- what we've been talking about. There's a theme going on of people that have been excluded from the kingdom, mm. have and people have given up hope on people to say, well, let's not go over there. Let's wait for them to come to us. Jesus is like, no, we're crossing mm. over. And where other people run away, I'm going to. And yeah. I cannot wow. wait. Join us next week. I cannot wait to talk about one of my favorite stories to talk about next week, Jesus and the demonic. Oh, I'm excited. Um, Come so, on. But that'll be great. Uh, but that, that that's that's one part. So to start thinking through that of like, okay, thinking on that level, this is Jesus retelling the Jonah story in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, following up with that is one of the first things that sticks out to me that's different than what I usually think of when I, when I read this, you know, when I, when I read it, I usually think it's Jesus and the 12 in a boat and it's them and they're going to the other side and it's just them. But Mark takes the time and he takes the ink to write um, that, you know, it says, um, first of all, in that day when evening came, he said to them, and leaving the crowd, they took him. So it doesn't say just the 12, but it's this group of disciples that were listening to Jesus and asking questions even after the parables. But then it says, verse 37, um, excuse me, verse 36, and other boats were with him. Yeah. And so to me, it's, um, you know, this isn't just a, a small little group, but there's a bunch of people um, that are, that are, you know, around Jesus and following him and, uh, and, and just kind of seeing where things are going. Um, but I think that applies to even the rest of the story, um, that it's, it's a, it's a crowd of people that, that are, uh, kind of afraid and waiting for Jesus to take action. Um, mm. and, uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting because I always just picture this tiny little boat, 12 little guys, 13, including Jesus, <laughs> but you've got, you've got a whole crusade, you know, you've got a, a few boats traveling over there. Sure. All right, you guys want to get into like the meat of this? Ooh, yeah. Like what's the yeah. high what's the high point of this whole thing? Uh You shall not pass. <laughs> oh, that's like my favorite part. Yeah. That's um, the message version. <laughs> nice. Um yeah, so it's the they they wake him up and to, just to set the scene a, a, a little bit so that the way that the the Jewish people viewed water, like the the very first time that we encounter water, in the Bible is in the like first couple sentences where, where God is hovering over the water. And so it's, it's this idea of chaos and Luke's Luke's version of this will literally call it the abyss. But Mm. Jewish people are not, they're desert people. They're not big water people. 
there's, there's not a lot of great that happens there. So getting, uh, getting in the boat and going over and there's a big storm that comes up. This is, this wouldn't be seen as just like, Oh, there's a storm that came up. This would have been viewed as kind of like demonic activity by, Mm. by most of them. So there's like this chaos and stuff like that. And the fact that Jesus gets up, they wake him up and he goes out and instead of offering up, you remember Jonah, they say, pray to your God. And then they chuck him over the side. Jesus doesn't pray, but instead Mm. he gets up and he does what? Shut he up. <laughs> yeah. like, he literally in Greek, it says he muzzles. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what, what do you guys get from that? Uh, I, I just think that's such an amazing visual of Jesus muzzling the wind and the waves. And I think it's amazing because so far he's mostly been doing like, quote unquote, supernatural things like, um, you know, casting out demons and stuff. But here the disciples reaction It says in verse 41, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. So it's almost like he's taking it to the next level of not only does he have supernatural powers, but he's also he has power over the natural uh, forces as well. And I don't think they'd ever seen something like that before. Yeah, I, I just get this picture going back to the Jonah story of the men on the boat who run up to Jonah and are basically begging him, hey. You know, like what, what's going like, pray to your God, if you really think you're the one that's brought this upon us. And so it's the same with the disciples running up to Jesus and, Hey, don't you care? Don't, you know, aren't yeah. you going to do something about this? And rather, like you said, Matt, then praying, um, Jesus himself is the one to, um, calm the storm or to, to fix the situation. I mean, he's, it's a, it's a clear connection to him and his divinity, I think. Yeah. And I, I think too. I mean, if if the the water represents, you know, the abyss, then I think of, you know, what is our abyss and how we have these deep seated fears. And, and I think we all end up crying out in our when our fears are triggered. Jesus, don't you care or God, don't you care? And it's like right. we get the answer here. Like he is Lord even over our deepest fears. Mm. Yeah. Can I hit you guys with an Old Testament Ramez reference? I suppose. Hit me, man. Okay. So Psalm 107, starting in verse 23. So th- this is where like, cause, cause the, the result of all this, it's, it's a reference, but then it gets to where even the disciples in the boat end up. Verse 23 of Psalm 107 says, some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep for he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea scooting down verse 28. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. Mm. It's kind of like quiet peace. Be still muzzled. Muzzled. Yeah. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet and he brought them to their desired haven. Hmm. So that's Psalm 107. I, I don't, I think that's too much, too much overlap for this to be a coincidence. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. just, to, to me, what, what, what this suggests is kind of like what we were talking about, but that, that they cry out to the Lord in trouble. This whole thing, I think is you see the difference between Jesus being somebody who cries out to God for help 
mm-hmm. and Jesus being God himself, that they yeah. saw him quiet the winds and the waves. And that's where they end up. Who is this man who commands the wind? They, they, he's the one that's muzzling them. I think they're starting to make a connection of like, yeah, this, this guy is not just a rabbi. Yeah. This mighty one is not just a prophet, a prophet because it, while we know the story that Jesus is the son of God, they didn't yet. Yeah. Jesus was this rabbi, an amazing rabbi who did all sorts of crazy stuff. But this is where he got, they go, Oh, like who commands the wind and the waves? Well, right. they know their Bible. They probably know this and they're like, who does it? But it's God. And in fact, it's only God. Mm. And so I, th- I think that's where, we have to start connecting or starting asking our, our, ourselves the, the question of what is Jesus to me and what is Jesus in my life? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. is Jesus the solution to my personal philosophical problems? Is he my daily inspiration or do I really believe that he has the power to command not just the winds and the waves, but even with what you're talking about, these un- insurmountable supernatural and natural issues. Mm -hmm. Like right now, what a perfect time to talk about it in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know about you guys, but there, there have been times where I'm like, well, I've put more faith in the washing of my hands and the self quarantine than I have of God can snap his fingers. Mm. God is the solution to this. Part of me goes, well, if the government would just do this, if we just had this stimulus package or we just gave Mm. people this money or gave people this time off, then then maybe we could do something. And maybe, (laughs) but it's God, you know? One thing that I think really draws a connection between everything, um, you know, we're talking about here that, that I just think is super encouraging when you, tie it with the divinity and all this, you know, the power of Jesus and that he has is, you mean, you think about the story of Jonah and what aspect of God do we see in Jonah really more than we see almost anywhere else in the Bible? Well, at least in the old Testament. Like what aspect of God do we see in the person of Jonah or in the story of Jonah? Um, In the story of Jonah. Oh, okay. Um, I think his, his grace and his compassion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not only for Jonah, but I mean, these are Ninevites, right? If you, yeah. if, you, if you read the story of the Ninevites, they are worse than Nazis. And that's not, uh, I'm not making that up. Like yeah, they're yeah. really bad people. But then, you know, you, you look, read Psalm 107, right? And I mean, it's a Psalm of rescue. It's a Psalm yeah. of, yeah. you know, crying out and being heard. You know, what I, what I find so interesting about this is what's the one part in the story that makes sense to be afraid of? The wind and the waves, the storm. Yeah, absolutely. And they're afraid. But once he calms them, he says, why are you so afraid? You still Mm. have no faith. And it says that they were terrified and asked each other. So there's not just fear before, but there's a fear after. Yeah, that's true. This will play into what we talk about next week as well. You think about it. When are the people most afraid? Um, I'll give you a hint. It's not when they should have been afraid. Right. um, When when they (laughs) should have been calmed down. Yeah. yeah, but but I but I just think there's this idea that, you know, maybe we even do recognize the power of Jesus in things, but we, we recognize it coming from the wrong place. And mm. it's a it's a God of compassion. It's a God who gives chance after chance. It's a God wow. who loves yeah. those who don't deserve to be loved. What a great yeah, point. We can respond with fear 
you know, but why are they afraid afterwards? They've just been rescued. They should be rejoicing. And, mm. um, I mean, sure, there, there's a, a level of, um, I think, fear and humility, you know, at the feet of God, um, for sure. But I, but I do think, um, you know, even in this time, a lot of things to be afraid of, God shouldn't be one of them. Yeah. What a great point. And even, even to connect, you know, it's funny is that, yeah, they where they're going in, in, in Psalm 107, it says that they, it says he, uh, they were glad that the waters were quiet in verse 30 and he brought them to their desired haven. What, what's, what's interesting about that is that he, in, in Mark, Jesus calms the wind and the waves. He calls them to have faith and to recognize like, Hey, I've got some power here that you don't, you're not quite understanding. And then he's like, I'm going to bring you to the, you know, if, if, if you're thinking Psalm 107, oh, he's going to bring us to our desired haven. Maybe they were thinking, are you going to turn this boat back around so we go back right. home? Yeah. Right. And yet, yeah. and yet he still goes across. And so your desired haven is actually to the Gentiles. It's, it's another Jonah thing. It's like, we're, we're going there. That's actually your desired haven. You don't realize it yet. And, yeah. and so is, and th- then I have to ask the question is when God takes the wheel, when God handles the problems, he's going to lead me somewhere, but it may not be where I want it to be. Yeah. Like he, it, it will be my desired haven, but I actually may not desire it in the moment. Right. Imagine yeah. that if, if, if the problems in my life, like if, if all these things go away, if Jesus takes the wheel and I really trust that, that he can uh, deal with all this stuff, well, will I be okay with where it leads me? What if it's a place where I have to stretch myself to give? Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, even thinking through this, this situation right now, am I prepared to give mm-hmm. to people? I'm actually, mm. I really like, I'm an introvert, so I, I want to stay home. Mm-hmm. I don't want to yeah. give. But what if through all this, God is trying to bring me to a desired place, my desired haven of, to actually be more outward focused? Yeah, I mean, I, I keep thinking about this whole concept of the abyss and how I think almost every person right now is struggling with this, this feeling of an abyss. Like, I mean, I'm just on the phone all day and every, everyone can feel the atmosphere of anxiety and stress and worry Mm. and fear. And this, especially this looming abyss feeling of, of unfamiliarity of, uncertainty like what's coming next it's the unknown and maybe our desired haven in this time is god actually bringing us all to deal with our own abysses because if we were avoiding our fears before we definitely can't do that now (laughs) and anxiety is is definitely at its peak right now depression too yeah yeah one thing i'll add on that i mean such a great point um and I don't really, I haven't figured out quite how to say this, but it's something I've been feeling. And, and as I've been trying to keep up with the news that I think I've been seeing is that in a similar way, right? It's like, dude, I don't want to go to the Gentiles. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly don't want to go there having to make my way through a storm, right? But it's this haven that they don't understand as a haven. And I think during this time, there's been so many um, just like radically good things that people have done hmm. to help the world um you know people and there's a lot of messed up people who have taken advantage of it but there's been a lot of things that i just think um it's almost like god's trying to you know reset Mm. um Mm. some some hearts and there's a maybe there's a haven on the other side where Mm. people really start to start to wake up 
and uh, realize that, hey, money's not everything, mm. you know, people taking pay cuts so that they can keep paying their workers throughout yeah. this time or, you know, enemies of countries working with those countries to, you know, help yeah. in their hospitals. I, I mean, it's just incredible. Um, there, there is a haven. Um, and, yeah. and certainly when there's a God, there's a haven. But mm. um, it's, it's a, almost, I love that idea. It's almost like despite this pandemic, God is finding a way to bring more heaven to earth. Oh, mm. oh, heaven and haven. Oh, Ooh. oh, I like that. Well, it's like the kingdom has been bursting forth since this point, and it and up to this point, you could have seen it as like a, 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 a almost an ethical kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like you know, okay, here are the values, here's some parables and stuff like that. Jesus comes. Here's the power. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just even yeah. over demons. It's like over wind in the waves. Yeah. Oh man. Which is interesting because it's like our earth feels like it's on fire right now, but yet somehow the kingdom is spreading and the way of the kingdom is spreading. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And even now like that, that has to be part of what Jesus is trying to do. And even if Satan means this for evil, God means this for good. In what ways can, is, is God trying to bring heaven and the haven into a messed up world even through the abyss that's good and and then it then it's that's the faith that we need to have that god is bursting forth to build his kingdom rather than just trying to mess up your life and your toilet paper situation tp man well i think that's probably going to do it for us josh anything else no, no. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today, guys. This is again in the margins. Mm-hmm. My name is Josh Lund, it's Matt Fisk and Katie Fisk. Thanks for joining us in our uh, quarantine as we uh, dive into the margins of the book of Mark. We look forward to uh, seeing you guys or at least talking to you guys next week. Yeah. And if you want to check out more resources, um, the rest of the podcast, you can check us out at nvca.academy or uh, novachurch.academy it's all there check out the um, the deeper resources other podcasts you get all sorts of stuff and uh, we will check you next time 